this is Herc Robinson, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. I am so glad that you have found us right here on Clubhouse Conversation. My name is Davo, and this is the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players, coaches, and executives. Like today, I'm excited. Herc Robinson will join us here in about two minutes by phone from his home in Ohio on Clubhouse Conversation. Before we get to Herc, I've got to talk about how you can follow us, though, too. At Royals Clubhouse on the Twitter. Make sure you follow us on there. We're at least a decent, mediocre follow, right? At Royals Clubhouse on there. Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook and right here on the website, clubhouseconversation.com, where you can hear over 200 interviews with current and former Royals. You can stream them right here on demand from the site or download them and take them with you on your favorite tablet or device. You can even subscribe through our website and have all the episodes downloaded right into iTunes if you'd like as well. We're high tech here at Clubhouse Conversation. Anyway, though, Let's get back on track here. Herc Robinson, so excited to have him with us here on the 7th day of August 2019. Herc Robinson, 41 years in the Royals organization. He's one of the few people who adore the Royals like you and I do, right? Herc Robinson got hired in late 1969. That inaugural season had just ended. He was assistant scouting director from then till 73. He was director of operations from 73 to 75, vice president, 75 to 81, executive vice president for administration, 81 to 90. Then the majority of us remember him most as general manager from 1990. It was October of 90 when John Churholst left for Atlanta until Allard Baird replaced him in June of 2000. So just about 10 years there, Herc was the Royals GM, and he stayed on with the Royals board of directors from 2000 to 2010. And he joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation. Very excited to talk about his life growing up. We'll start with that. As the interview goes on, we'll get to Kansas City, of course, and and talk about the early days when he first got here, working with Cedric Tallis and Joe Burke, and, and we'll stay with Herc all the way through his times as GM and focus on that as well and talk about a lot of old random Royals moves that remind me of my youth. I wanted to ask him about this. Very excited about this. Glad you're along. Herb Robinson, welcome on here on Clubhouse Conversation, first of all. And second of all, how's everything going with you? Great, great. Um, it's been a long, wet and hot summer and uh, difficult for things outside to get the best growth conditions, but uh, we'll get through. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you what's keeping you busy in August of 2019, but I've heard Denny Matthews say more than once you have the greenest grass, the most beautiful landscaped homes of anyone he's ever known. So oh, do- he wouldn't know what green grass was. He, <laughs> great guy, great guy. I've known him a long, long time. Yeah, so so gardening and yard work still a big passion. Your dad did that, didn't he? Well, my dad was a stockbroker. And as a hobby, he played golf for a while, but as a hobby, we had three acres in Kirkwood, and he was a yard fanatic, I mean, on weekends and stuff. He was never as fanatical as I was, fortunately. But, um, yeah, he was, and um, I've done it for, oh, Lord, I worked for him for a while, 50, 60 years. So, yeah, it is, and we've, we've had a lot of houses because... Um, I always enjoy fixing up the yard, but when it's finished, it's finished. So we moved on. But, um, yeah, that I've loved that all my life. All right. Do you still follow uh, baseball and the Royals very closely? I, I do. Not the other clubs as much as, obviously, I once did. The problem is all these young guys are coming up, and I haven't followed them through the minor or pre-agency through the minor leagues uh, and up to the majors, so I don't I don't know who a lot of these guys are, but I at Royals, yeah, I I follow them pretty closely. Well, there aren't a lot of people who love the Royals more than you do or I do, um, so I got to ask, how special first of all was that individual wild card game in 2014? I'm sure you watched that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was unbelievable, and a lot of the things the Royals did 
through that time uh, was unbelievable, and uh, they did a heck of a job and uh, came out on top in every situation. Yeah, you had to have been crushed when Madison Bumgarner beat us in Game 7 of 14, right? Yeah, 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 that uh, was not good, but uh, you can't win them all. But, no, they've, they've been a great franchise, and they'll get back. They've got a plan, and uh, they'll they'll be back Absolutely. Now the title in 2015 was special. Did you, you you didn't get back for any of the, any of those playoff series? Did you ever go to the parade or anything here? No, I didn't. Uh, Kathy did. My wife did, but uh, uh. no, I I, I didn't. Um, I, I haven't. I've really since I walked out of the stadium. I I don't think I. Well, I John Sherholtz and I went one time. I've only been in the stadium once, I think, but. Uh, I, I I watch a lot of the games on television. I have uh, Kathy subscribes to a, a package that you can get all Royals games, and and that's what I do. Um, don't always watch them. All, I mean, nine innings, but I I if times of the essence, I skim through them a little bit, but I I still follow them. So was 2010 the last time you were here then, since you were on the board of directors that year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, Kathy goes, she's got a lot of friends there. I, I, Denny was my best friend, <laughs> sure holds, but uh, John's obviously gone, and um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen Denny in a long time. I talked to him, but I, I haven't seen him in a while, but... Yeah, I I've, I I must I really haven't been going anywhere. I I I, I put my traveling uh, bags away, so um, it's 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 here. Kathy goes everywhere. She's going to Europe next week, and she loves all that stuff, but not me. So, how did you end up in Ohio then, where you're at now? Um, well, we were after I left the Royals. And I resigned from the board and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I knew there were going to be significant changes that were coming. And, and I worked with David Glass for a year. Um, Mr. Kaufman wanted to have him as familiar with the organization as he could. So um, I did that and... Um, Neither of us are from Kansas City, although we both loved it. I mean, that's the best place I've ever lived. But we have a daughter in Columbus, um, three grandkids in Columbus, and a daughter in Washington, D.C., and two grandkids there. And the commute from Kansas City to Washington or even to Columbus was just, and Kathy wanted to be with her grandkids and kids, and it's it's probably the best thing that happened. I, I um, Columbus will never be my home. I mean, it will be till I die, I guess. But it's it's a great city. But as I say, there'll never be another Kansas City. I said that about St. Louis. I didn't think there would be another St. Louis, but. There won't be a, another city. But it's great to have our grandkids here, and then the other and their fathers and mothers and um but the um uh washington one is is not as far away but it's it's a lot closer okay so speaking of st louis then so you were born as spencer robinson june 25th 1940 so uh you grew up in st louis long time ago (laughs) yeah just a couple days ago uh so you were born in st louis but how did you get the nickname herc where did that come from Oh, Lord. Um, it's stuck. Uh, I guess I was, a, my mother had a bunch of sisters, but I guess I was the first uh, child born among them, and they all went down to Barnes Hospital in St. Louis and uh, looked through a little window. I said, this gets better or worse. Looked through a little window, and I was on the other side of that glass at couple days old and I was kicking covers off and one of my my aunts said maybe he's another Hercules and by golly it stuck. Really? 
That's interesting. <laughs> well, a driver's license and voting stuff, but uh, it stuck, and it was easier to use in Kansas City because I was more familiar with people than it is up here. But I don't, you know, I don't know many people up here at all except the ones our kids know and Kathy knows. But um, but that that's what it was, and it 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 didn't leave me. Okay. Now, you were a St. Louis Browns fan growing up. It's actually funny because Mike Swanson, Swanee, and I were talking about the Browns and wondering where they played the other day, and we had to look it up. But St. Louis Browns, why the Browns? What do you remember about them? Well, I think one thing, Dave, was that um, my parents were um, somewhat friendly with the DeWitts. Now, this is Bill DeWitt Sr., William O. DeWitt Sr., not not Jr. Um, and I don't know if they gave us tickets occasionally or what, but um, my father was always um, a bigger Browns fan than he was a Cardinals fan, and he probably would be today if they were all around. But um, So we went to games, and uh, then I later became friends with young Bill, who owns the Cardinals now, um, and we just stuck with the Browns and um, went to all their Eddie Goodell games and Lord knows Ned Garver games, and uh, those are before your time, obviously, but I guess they're familiar to you, aren't they, the names? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ned Garver uh, was one of the greatest guys I ever met We when we trained in um, Baseball City in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Um, Ned used to, Ned had a house uh, winter place somewhere around, and he came to all the games. So I had a, developed a real friendship with him. He's a wonderful guy, as he had a reputation of being, and a good pitcher. He, what, he won 20 games on a last place club or something. But the Browns were just sort of uh, part of our, and Cardinals just had never come into play. Now, you mentioned Baseball City. That's like my biggest regret that I never got to go there before they before they tore it down. What are your memories of Baseball City, what that was like, especially the boardwalk part when that was open for those two years? Well, you know, it was it was weird, and I didn't get in on the very onset of it. Sure, John did most of that. But when I arrived, the uh, it was a combination, as you know, amusement park and baseball spring training. And um, it, it didn't work for the amusement park, so they tore two-thirds of the rides down, but they were still uh, visible, but certainly didn't work. So it was, it was just the baseball club, and it was way out by Kissimmee, which probably was, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 miles at least from, from downtown and probably 10 miles from uh Disney World and all that stuff. So, and it wasn't, a, I guess, a real big tourist attraction per se. So, attendance wasn't good. It was owned by Anheuser Busch, and they really wanted to get out and even offered to buy us out for the last couple of years, but we didn't have anywhere to go. And um, at that time, Arizona wasn't quite the didn't have quite the momentum that it that it does now and we looked all over florida and really couldn't couldn't find anything and then um later we turned our attention to arizona which was i'm a florida lover but from a baseball standpoint was probably the best thing the franchise ever did regarding spring training um and I went out there and I happened to be the first one to see this old tobacco field. And the mayor, um, I can't think of her name now, she passed away. She had been mayor of Philadelphia and then mayor of um, Surprise, but she wanted to put Surprise on the map. And um, so we made a deal there. But the beauty of that, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, obviously, but. Uh, a road trip was 10 minutes, 15 minutes. In Florida, it might be from um, Kissimmee 
all the way down to Miami or something. And the traffic, it was maybe a three-hour to and three-hour from bus ride. And, um, you know, that's, boy, this has been so good for them. I, I haven't been out there much, but um, I went through most of the construction but uh, or a lot of it, but you have two clubs, and everybody said, "Oh, that's not good." Uh, the Rangers are on the same property, but there are no fields that are in common. Uh, you can't even see their fields. You can't see their clubhouse. You can't see any of their workout stuff. So it, it's not like sharing a complex. I don't think there's anything that's shared, uh, except well, a stadium would be obviously, but. Um, it, it, it's really worked out well for them, and as you know, an awful lot of clubs have, have moved out there. There's still a few diehards that, that haven't, Cardinals being one of them, but uh, they're, they're Florida people, always have been. <laughs> but um, I probably forgot your question and didn't answer it. <laughs> no, but, you did. Um, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's but uh, Baseball City was just, like a temporary, I think there were some trailers that were used for stuff, and it, it just wasn't. Uh, and Anheuser Bush didn't like it because they didn't draw any people, and not that they needed any more um, income. But um, and they were trying to get us to leave and buy us out, but uh, nowhere to go. So I think we probably finished our um, agreement with them and went out to uh, Arizona, and I think everything has been great for him. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Great setup in Arizona. So how about you growing up? Did did you play baseball growing up? Was that a big part of your life growing up? Um, baseball was, but not me as a player. I played, but um, probably no different than a lot of a lot of kids that, uh, that did, but... Um, I'd always loved baseball. My dad loved it, and um, I just—they didn't have football then in St. Louis, and I don't think basketball. The Hawks—I'm not even sure they were there early in the late '40s. Um, but it—it it, it was a. The Browns were not the most popular of the two, but but high school baseball and. I guess it was Corey League was I don't know if that's still there or not, but um, it was baseball was a, was a very popular sport then, and like a lot of cities. But it's been I can't say it's been diluted, but there's a lot more competition. I guess the Cardinals have what hockey and uh, they don't have basketball, do they? Or no, huh? Things have changed, obviously. Well, so by the time you were 14, um, you knew you wanted to work in pro ball. You befriended uh, Bill DeWitt Jr., like we talked about a second ago. And so then you went to the University of Miami. Is that the one in Florida, by the way, or the one in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Florida, okay. And then Washington University in St. Louis. So what did you originally go to college to study, and, and then what were your actual goals going into college for your dream job? Probably um, not strong enough and not followed enough as those goals go, but um, I wanted to go on business in baseball. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, a lot of kids go through that age where they want to do that or get involved in that and become fans. Um, I don't know if they do it as much today as they once did, but um, I, that's something that was I was driven by, and that was before Bill and I became um, good friends, um, but we had common interest, obviously there because his dad then went. Mr. Dewitt went to Detroit for two years, I guess, before he came to to uh, Cincinnati. This is senior. Mm -hmm. And then, so right out of college, then you got hired by Cincinnati. Uh, from well, I, right? I what I did was worked two summers, maybe one. Uh, between uh, semesters or, or whatever, and um, I worked in the PR department. And I'll tell you something, I don't know, it's not funny, but in our offices, we couldn't have them at Crosley Field because there weren't any. Um, so we had to have alternate 
um, offices, and we were in downtown third floor, um, and there was a law firm next door, and one of the top lawyers was Jack uh, Twyman, and he'd I'd go to our game one night, and next morning Jack and I would come in. I'd come in late because I was at a game till all hours of the night. But um, anyway, um, where was I? You're going to have to straighten me out a couple times. I get off the oh, course. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, Just talking about Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, I did. And Mr. DeWitt was kind enough to let me go up there for, I think, about 10 weeks and work in the office. And I just was a flunky, obviously, as I should have been, um, and worked in the PR department. But I, I was thinking yesterday that our office in whole baseball office, this is not excluding remote scouts, but um, accounting, publicity, you name it. You know, we had seven full-time people. Jeez. Wow. I mean, I wasn't one of them, but seven full-time people. Wow. How times have changed. <laughs> and we had four scouts that were out in the field. Oh, my gosh. Eleven. Wow. Did you? I know. Did you, uh, when you were in Cincinnati, did you get addicted to that Skyline chili? Did you ever try it? I love that stuff. i got to tell you, I went once, and I don't know if I didn't like it or something, but I never, I've only been there once, and that was, I think, the first or second day I was was in Cincinnati. Everybody said, you've got to. You've got to try this. I, I don't even rem- I mean, I, I remember the name, but I don't remember whether I liked it or dislike it. But a lot of people, a lot of people went there. And a lot of, well, not a lot of people that went out for lunch, because we only had about two or three people that went out for lunch in the ball club. Well, okay, so back to when you first came to the Royals then. So December of 69, you were hired as assistant scouting director. You did that until 1973. How did you land the job in Kansas City? Did you know somebody here? Well, I got a call one day. Yeah, I guess I did. Uh, Cedric Callis was there, and I think Cedric called me, or maybe Lou Gorman. I don't know. Um, and John Sureholtz was there. John was in Baltimore, from Baltimore, worked for the Orioles with Lou Gorman, so they were very close. And John was a development guy, in my opinion. That was his strength, and... He was darn good at everything he did, but that was his strength, and mine was scouting. So John was um, in the um, development area, and I was in the scouting area, and it, it worked out fine. We, we did a lot of good things and had some good drafts, made some great trades, and uh, um, we were off and running. How, so how did you know Cedric Tallis, and what was he like as a guy? Oh, <laughs> Cedric was a great guy. He really was. He he worked for the Angels in stadium operations, and some people were uh, a little surprised that he came in as executive vice president and general manager. But he was a wonderful guy. He he. Um, everybody loves Cedric. Um, it it. Turns out it probably wasn't the Cedric didn't always get along with every person he met. He was Cedric's man, but um, it uh, he, he let's see. And then uh, I, and then Lou left, I guess, and went to Seattle as general manager, maybe. And then um, that's when uh, Joe Burke came in from Texas and, and really did the job that Mr. Kaufman wanted done. They were very similar in their beliefs and practices, and uh, Joe stayed there till I guess, the day he died or yeah. darn close to it. Um, but we had, we had some good, good years there, and Mr. Kaufman never was never in uh, to my knowledge, and when I dealt with him for a couple of years, he just wanted to be kept abreast. You didn't have to go to him and say, is it okay if I do this, this, and this? And 
you might tell him you're going to, and then if he didn't want you to, he'd tell you, but he'd let you know. But um, he was great. I mean, he was such a, and that's that's what he wanted was his uh, footprint, maybe to continue to operate the club the way it had been. And I, I guess it had to have been because Kansas City just couldn't get in the mix of large, large advertisers and $3 million people in the stands. And uh, all that money came out of Mr. Kaufman's pocket. And, and I know he could afford it, but he wanted to do other things with it, charity and uh, homeless. And, I mean, he did so much for Kansas City that I don't think people will ever, ever ever know well from those early days um i did a documentary a couple years ago where i talked to a whole bunch of his family and 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 players he played with i'm talking about joe gordon right now so did you know joe, joe? i guess he was gone the year before oh, yeah did you oh know yeah sure yeah what was he like <laughs> he was something Cedric hired him he was something um he he was a fine guy um um, I, you know, that's about all I can say. He, he, <laughs> he had, uh, it was a good guy. And, and I was like, how long ago did Joe die? Probably years ago. A long was, time ago. Yeah. In Cedric as well. But yeah, Joe, Joe was a good guy. And then I think Charlie Metro come in uh -huh. after yep. him. Maybe. Yep. yep. He did. Uh, there was a run on, on, Managers, um, Bob Lemon also, and by me, Lem, yeah, he was real close to Cedric because they were with the Angels. Um, was I guess it was Lemon with the? I don't know. Yeah, he was. He was. You're right. Okay. Um, yeah, there was a little, not uncommon in baseball. A little, uh, you want to hire somebody that you know, but why hire somebody that you don't know and? Everything is a surprise to you, and maybe not the best surprise, but um, it was um, a lot of. But I don't think there are too many baseball clubs that haven't undergone that. And as I say, it was probably driven about the change in ownership, and um, Mr. Kaufman was not going to sell it to some unknown person from way away that is doing it to, for his own benefit, either financially or politically or commercially, whatever, because Mr. Kaufman didn't believe in that. He never took a penny out of the thing, and I don't think he ever used the ball club to prosper Marion Laboratories. To my knowledge, he didn't. So, And he tried to be as low-key in... in um, Baseball in Kansas City as he could. He doesn't. You never read that Royals owner Ewing Kaufman just traded John Doe for such and such. I mean, it's he was always advised, but he he was really a behind the scenes as much as he could be with the reputation that he had. Kind of the opposite of Charlie Finley, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He got along with him a little bit. I think they played cards or something. He, I guess he liked Charlie's uh, do what you think you want to do, and, uh, and Mr. Coffin just wasn't that kind of person. But uh, And there weren't many Charlie Finleys around. Yeah. Well, how about uh, the early 1970s when you were scouting there? Do you have any favorite Royal scouting stories from the early 70s? I didn't really scout for the Royals. I, I oh, did okay. some cross-checking. And I signed most of the drafted players, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't do much scouting. I I was fortunate, or they were, I guess, the Royals too, that I had come from the National League, and Lou and uh, Gordon and Charlie Metro, all those people were were American. And Sherholtz, Gorman, well, they were all American leaguers. But I was fortunate. Because I knew the um, the National League, and we were able to 
Um, we were able to get Hal McRae, who I signed initially, who's not well, I guess, if he, you yeah. don't call that, but um, Hal McRae and uh, Wayne Simpson didn't do much, but well, there were two other guys that were, that really went, oh, Cookie Rojas. Patek? Patek, I didn't, I didn't know much about, but the other ones, I, I was physically on the same team as they were, or if I wasn't, I was in the same league, and as I say, I, to this day, Hal McCray, I, I feel badly, I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but Hal uh, was just a, a great, great human being. He's probably the best manager we had had in a long, long time. He didn't get an opportunity, but um, things were moving at such a pace then. It, but we, we got some good, who were the other, Patek was national. We got about, Shane Bloom, I don't think, was one of them. Uh, oh, John May Mayberry? Mayberry, I guess, was one. Uh, Rojas was one. Uh, yeah, there were about four players that we were able to get that I had been, I mean, I'm not pushing the I button, I don't mean that, but it was a very American League driven um, uh, bunch of executives. I mean, that just so happened, but the first one's hired out of the American League, he hires somebody he knows, and, you know, the chain is created, but um, it's um, you're not going to hire people you don't know. I mean, you, you may a scout or something if you get real good feedback from somebody that you have confidence in. But um, yeah, those those started the uh, the good, the really good days. So, what do you remember about a really young George Brett? Oh, had a bunch of brothers. <laughs> He always said his dad was his toughest uh, critic or support. Um, George was a great athlete, of course. You know, I'm not sure. I was thinking last night. I'm not sure why we drafted him in the second round. Um, and we were fortunate that he was there, obviously. I, I don't know if, if there was rumors that he maybe had a injury. He'd get mad if he heard me even say this, but... Um, if it was an injury or something, but obviously uh, every club passed and then some on the second round. But we were most fortunate and uh, our greatest player that, and not just on the field, he was, I mean, he, George was a competitor, but, you know, I was thinking about him the other night. Um, he, he really is the same guy that he always was. How many players would stick it out in a small market, live there, send your kids to school there, marry somebody from there? I mean, George, uh, you know, a lot of players might say that when they're about to retire, but very few of them do. But George is, just gets an A-plus in, in everything he did um, in Kansas City with or without the Royals, he just just a great guy. And of course, Kemmer, his brother, was no slouch either. His, as a pitcher, he was Kemmer was a great athlete. He could play at either position. Well, so uh, 1974, June of 74, Cedric Tallis got replaced by Joe Burke. Now, while we're talking about Burke, you and Joe Burke are known as two of the only Royals executives to have worked in pretty much every aspect uh, of the club's baseball and administrative operations. But what was Joe like? Tell us more about Joe. Joe as dedicated to Mr. Kaufman as any owner or as any as any owner could ever have. I mean, he was right down the middle. I never heard Joe do anything wrong. I don't think he even thought anything wrong. He had, I don't know, six or seven kids. Um, wonderful, wonderful guy. I was as close to Joe as probably anybody in the organization. Um, but um, he 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 was what Mr. Kaufman wanted. He, he didn't. He didn't do things for his own ego. Um, he um, 
wouldn't want to spend money if it was Mr. Kaufman's, and it wouldn't didn't need to be spent. I mean, Joe Joe was uh, uh, Mr. Kaufman loved the guy. I mean, he just loved him, and he he didn't have to communicate with him or meet with him every week or that kind of stuff because he just had a ton of, um, of respect and for his knowledge. And, and Joe was a general manager a couple of places, well, one place I guess, um, Texas, but. Uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, he, he couldn't be a better guy. Quiet, um, had a great sense of humor. So John Schurholz, uh was Royals GM from 1981 to 1990. How was it working with John? How'd you like him? <clears throat> oh, John and I were best friends, I guess. Uh, he got married in my backyard. <laughs> really? Um, uh-huh. Um, um, John, John and I were inseparable for many, many years. Um, yeah, we were inseparable. John's a great guy. I haven't, you know, I, I, I really, I don't know whether negligent is the right word, but I haven't kept up with any of my friends. I haven't talked to John in years since the Hall of Fame, but, um, uh, and John was great. He did a good job. He had, he was very devoted, um, to his um, job description. He loved baseball. He always hoped he could be a general manager. Um, he didn't ever talk about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but no, John, John was great. I couldn't say enough good things about John. Do you remember much about, so the 1990 season, you weren't quite GM yet. It was John Charles's last year, and we signed uh, Mark Davis, Storm Davis, Richard Dotson. Sports Illustrated said the Royals would win the World Series. You guys had the highest payroll. Do you remember much about that 1990 team and what happened with that? Well, John was there, right? Yep, last year, yep. And um, that was his last year, and that's when, when I took over. Um, I, I think... I think Dave, it was a, a, a final um, charge, a final hope to get a competitive club when Mr. Coughlin was alive. I think he just told John to go out and get. And I guess there were a couple players that he really liked. The name must have been Davis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, unfortunately, Mr. Kaufman's illness played an unwritten, unseen rule. I think you know everybody was aware of it, and there were rumors he was wasn't going to last um, for I don't know how long. Um, but. Um, I was the last one to talk to him. Actually, I called him at ten o'clock in the evening and asked. I told him we had just signed somebody who I can't remember. It was the Pittsburgh trade, wasn't it? The Pittsburgh trade you made, I think, if I remember right. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have been Patek. Oh well, no, the one, the one for uh, Michelli and Lieber or something. Stan Belinda. Oh, Sam! Oh, that was the Belinda trade. Yeah, I. Everybody was, Bruce Keeson. Everybody was pulling for that. But I called Mr. Kaufman at ten o'clock, and I said, "I'm terribly sorry to wake you, but that's one thing he never wanted to be surprised about or have somebody come up to him the next day and say, you know, nice trade you made." And and I, I got a call at six o'clock the next morning that he had passed away but um yeah it was belinda i guess yeah everybody loved belinda he was he was a good good player good pitcher didn't do anything with us but bruce keeson was his pitching coach in pittsburgh for a while and you know baseball stories can you know better than i do can intertwine and 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 go this way or that way or whatever way yeah, well, so you got named the GM in October of 1990. John left for Atlanta. How proud of a day, and what do you remember about the day you took the GM job? Uh, I had probably gained a reputation being around a long time, and 
and not making any enemies, I guess, or too many. And, and it was the right thing to do. I mean, it, it was just a matter of, of, of time, and they weren't going to bring, I don't know, the, the guy with the Yankees has been there a hundred years. Uh, <laughs> what's his, uh, I know him well, but it, it, they needed an, an interim manager and somebody that knew the organization and could hold it together for a while. And that's that's what I was. I didn't volunteer because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't even really think of me. But um, I know things changed very quickly for me. I was on a plane the next morning to go to Oakland. I remember that. I plan on going to Oakland. Yeah, well, I got to give you credit. So, um, you in nineteen ninety one, you guys had a great draft. In the tenth round, you got Mike Sweeney. The eleventh round, uh, you got Joe Randa. Um, and then your first pick that year was Joe Vitiello. Do you, do you remember that draft being pretty exciting? Your first draft as GM. Well, quite honestly, I didn't. I didn't. Draft was in June. I. I didn't. Or May. I didn't really sink my teeth into all of that because um, there was a lot of other responsibilities that that the general manager and our organization had other than deciding who was going to be drafted. Okay, so how about this? One of your first big trades, do you remember the Brett Saberhagen for Greg Jeffries, McReynolds, and Keith Miller and how that came about? Very well, very well. Um, I can't tell you about all of it, but I can tell you about some of it. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we were at the winter meetings, and I don't know where. But the the basic was um, how long was Saberhagen going to be effective? He was a pitcher. How long was he going to be effective? We needed hitting at that time. And unfortunately, you know, McReynolds was always a good hitter and a decent outfielder and hit with power. Um, everybody loved Keith Miller. Everybody, every scout, the way he played the game. The, I mean, he was a, oh, Lord, he just picked up, baseball picked up his name the second year he was in in baseball with the Mets. And uh, who was the other one? My memory's getting no, shot. Uh, Greg Jeffries. Well, he was a star that didn't didn't shine. <laughs> we just felt for one last whatever. None of those guys worked out. I don't think did they? I mean, statistically, I don't think any of them did much. Well, you, I think you guys did win the trade by a little bit. I think I think your end was better than the Mets. So yeah, probably. But and Saves was a good guy. He, you know, you just never know when a pitcher's gonna going to break down so how about bringing uh, david Cohn back to kansas city you signed him didn't mr k dip into his own pocketbook to bring david Cohn back we had just lost out we all but had joe carter signed and he went back to toronto didn't he yep mm-hmm. and i don't know what happened but when he called me he didn't even deal through an agent i don't think joe was a fine guy he was a fine guy um, I thought he was calling to say, you, you got a deal. So, um, but obviously he didn't. And we looked around for somebody that could help the club, and, and Cohn was more than willing to come back. So that's how David Cohn got back in the picture. Now, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but um, August 1st, 1993 was the day that Mr. K had passed away, and, and you'd called him just that night before to tell him about the Stan Belinda trade. How tough was that for you to know he was at the end of his life, and what do you remember about that last conversation? Well, no, we we never, or I didn't, and I don't think anybody would have. You know, you, you'd hear... Um, reports, uh, Mr. K really had a bad week and he's really getting close to to passing away and all that. I mean, we heard that for a while. You got the feeling, I think, that um, that obviously he was 
going downhill because somebody would say, boy, Mr. Cave really had a bad week or something. But um, I don't know. It, it, uh, it, I didn't know it would be my last conversation. Yeah. He was asleep. Now, I said he, he got... He goes to he went to bed early all the time or late one of the two, um, and it 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 wasn't an issue. I mean the conversation didn't. Uh, he wasn't the guy that sat around and talked about the weather when he was on the phone. I mean he, what do you want? Yes or no? Bye. I mean he was uh, that was him. He, he very rarely. Um, he trusted everybody, but he wanted to know things that would affect the organization. And I don't, he didn't ever say no to me, but I didn't have any, uh, let's sell the franchise to somebody that isn't deserving or something. But, um, I didn't, I didn't know it'd be the last conversation. I hadn't had many with him, uh, up to that point because, uh, you know, we, we heard he's getting, worse and worse and that was it yeah well 1994 the next year is one of my favorite seasons in royals history so you guys had won what the what, 16 games in a row you were right there within striking distance for the al central uh, you got uh, vince coleman that year uh david Cohn paid off that year gary gaetti you pulled him when nobody else wanted him and turned his career around but then or the- he did he did have some yeah, he made up for the Millers and uh, Jeffrey. Dad used to have him swing bats in the swimming pool. <laughs> I never heard that. Oh, he, he, he was a dandy. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that 1994 team. The strike happened that year. What do you remember about the whole strike? And, and do you agree with me that that team would have made the playoffs in '94 had the strike not happened? I don't know. <laughs> the strike that I remember very well was the was the first the first one. Oh, okay. We had just played a spring training game, and we're getting on the bus, and somebody from the commissioner's office, I guess, called and said, "It doesn't look like you're going to be able to play your opener in Detroit tomorrow." So. Don't. We weren't on the bus, so make a long story short, we canceled our canceled our flight, and I guess went back home. And then the other one, and that was the one with all those darn replacement players. Wasn't that? Wow, that was oh, that was that that was a. I could write books about that darn thing. <laughs> the, oh, the confusion and the, the lack of knowledge and knowing that it, when it's settled, all these guys are going to be gone. And I'll tell you, they, some of the way at about 35, worked their tails off. I mean, oh, Lord. I mean, you felt sorry for them because they, uh, they didn't obviously make the cut in professional baseball. But um, um, anyway, what I, I don't uh, – we went back home. How long was the strike? It wasn't. Uh, it went until uh, the early, what, maybe April, early April, and the season started like May 1st or something, maybe? Yeah. It seems like. I don't remember exactly either. My short term memory, if not short term, is weakening. And the doctor said when you're 80, which I am, that that's the first thing to go. I mean, I, I can't think of my own name sometime. But as soon as I get, or whatever it may be, but as soon as I get up, and it reminds me of a basketball. This is lovely, of a basketball player out there shooting shots, and every one of them goes through and gets in a game, and he can't hit the backboard. But um, I, I do have trouble remembering just for two or three minutes. But anyway, you don't need all that. No, I, I totally, totally understand. Um, do you remember, speaking of the replacement players, some of those guys actually, Rick Reed had a nice career. Do you remember uh, you guys had Edgar Caceres and Russ McGinnis that were replacement players that made the majors? I remember those two. Yeah. Who was the first one? Uh, Rick Reed. Pitcher? Oh, Russ, oh. Russ, Russ McGinnis and Edgar Caceres. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about names from the past, right? <laughs> yeah, they were. 
There were some pretty decent players. We we held on to four or five. Um, so you uh, so a big part of your job then, besides being GM, was you had to keep the Royals in a great position to be sold, right? So you, you had the strike happen. Well, so cutting payroll, uh, right? I I wasn't in charge of that. I I played some roles in it. I uh, was trying to school Dan Glass a little bit and and David, but Dan is the one that that I think David really um, wanted to get as involved as he could, not for the current situation, but for the future. Because, you know, I think that David had a pretty good idea he was going to buy it, and I think he had a pretty good idea that Dan in time would run it. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, um, yeah, if things were a little confusing, or they might start off in one direction and then go another direction. And um, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, we we survived, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it you know, there's a lot of things there that, that go on. Some of them last a long time and aren't important. Some of them are very short and unimportant. Do you remember very much about the uh, the big blockbuster you did with Atlanta, the Jermaine Dye and Michael Tucker trade? Yep. I remember it very well. Uh, and I remember making it in the clubhouse in Kissimmee. Spring training, and Sherholtz would have swore the whole time that he got the better end of the deal. And I said, well, I hope you're wrong, because I, I would personally like to uh, die. Um, and Tucker just was one of those guys that just didn't do a lot. I mean, the tide turned. And John used to get mad at himself or something if it didn't go his way or he misjudged a player. But, um, no, I, we used to kid each other. And, and it looked like for a while, Tucker, maybe because he got a little bit more publicity, I don't know what, but um, it, it it turned out well. Jermaine was a good, a good, good man. I don't know what he's doing now, but. You even got us uh, Jamie Walker in that trade, too. He had a pretty good major league career. A long time. Yeah, pitched. I know. There was something about him What he pitched 38 years in the minor leagues. Well, there, was something, <laughs> there was something on him. that He was a left-hander. Yep. There was something. I don't know. He didn't, didn't walk anybody. or I don't know. Something. I don't know. He was older, I guess, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was... He was a good acquisition. Do you remember you had some other good trades right around that time? Do you remember getting Dean Palmer for Tom Goodwin? Yeah, I, I sure do. And um, good, good, good guy, and I always liked him as a ball player. Um, those were trades, unfortunately, that didn't have as much meaning as you would hope they had. Texas got rid of Palmer because he probably was a free agent, I'm guessing, and then they knew they weren't going to sign him. And Goodwin, same way. Where's Tommy a coach? I saw him in uniform, Boston. Not Boston. He, where is he at? No, Fabulous is with Boston, Carlos Fabulous. Where is right. Goodwin? Right. No, Tommy's a, somewhere. Is a uh, first, first base coach somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where, but I did. But um, – yeah, that that was a a good deal, and Dean Palmer. I just, you know, I, I mean, I don't think I was even around ne- next spring or over the winter, but he he did a good job for us. And ironically, um, we we got our our fifth dog, not not all at once, but the other four golden retrievers passed away over the last forty five years, and. We got another one, and they have a dog park here where people take their dogs to run on Ohio State. It's about five acres of grass. And um, anyway, there's a guy that comes here that was is, I guess, Dean's best friend. He was best man in his second wedding. Really? Dean's second wedding. Um, 
really, really close to the guy. Dean Palmer was, I really liked. I, I, I just, he was the right kind of guy. He just thought the world of him. Now you got, uh, I'm telling some of your good traits here. You also got Jose Offerman for Billy Brewer. Do you remember that one? Yep, yep. Offerman could do everything, but didn't always do it. Yeah. Had some trouble after his career, too, with attacking. Remember the bat incident in the Dominican? Did you ever see that in the Winter League? I mean, he like, yeah, hit an yeah, umpire? Yeah. He wasn't a bad guy. I, you know, they're all nice when you talk to them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You got, uh, you got Joe Randa back for Juan LeBron from Pittsburgh, and you did the, the Jay Bell and Jeff King trade. Do you remember that one with the Pirates? Yeah, I do. Very well. Um, but most of those just didn't play out. Bell... Bell may have played here a couple of years. He was good. He? He's, I think one year he signed with the Diamondbacks, but for all that money. Um, we had some good shortstops. Remember you got Greg Gagne early in the yeah. early 90s? We had some good shortstops. David Howard came in, was really good defensively. What's he doing, playing golf? Yeah. I was always worried about him. His blood pressure was always around 200. <laughs> I said, How oh, you better get the – well, I'll go to the doctor sometime. And I think he did have a heart attack. Oh, did he really? I know. Uh, yeah. I, I know George Brett was interviewed recently, and they asked him who the the best athlete he ever played with, and he did not say Bo Jackson. He said David Howard, which I oh, thought he was, was a heck of a name. He was a great golfer. He said tennis uh, too. He, he weighs about he, at that time he weighed about 145 pounds or something, and oh, he he could do anything. I mean, he he was really his dad played baseball. Bruce, Gordon right? Frank. Bruce, Bruce Howard. Howard, right, yeah. right, good, good call. I, I have a, yeah, not somebody I told that to. They said, "Oh, Frank Howard." I said, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, no, not that one. Uh, so, I mean, how frustrating you? I mean, you had some good. We had good position players. I mean, we had the best outfield in baseball. Jermaine died. Johnny Damon, Carlos Beltran. We had Apier. We had Rosado. I mean, but then that's, that, that's, that's some pretty good players. I'll tell you that. How uh, how frustrating it was for you watching those bullpens blow those games in the late nineties. Would you get really mad? Or were you pretty calm watching the games? Well, I don't know. You watch enough of them, and they'll all go one way or another. You learn that. But if you can't do anything, who is God? I heard a lot of managers. I know that. <laughs> you had um, Hal McRae. You had Tony Muser. Boone. Uh, Boone. Yep. Boone McRae Muser. Yep. And then uh, let's see. Duke Wathen was the one early when you first got here. Yeah, yeah. Where's Wathen now? Is he even with the club? I don't know. I think he's just retired living around here. His son, Dusty, is in the major leagues now with the Phillies. Right, right. He has two sons that are... Yeah, Derek. Derek. Play. I don't know where Derek's at now. Derek played in double uh, A. I think he's in a minor leagues as a player coach or some darn thing. But um, And then Boone's kid, That's that is Bob's kid with the Yankees. Yep. Um, because I know I used to call Booney all the time, and either Bob or Aaron, who was the other one? I, gosh, Aaron, I yeah, Aaron and uh, who was the other one? Brett, Aaron and Brett. But there are, there are a lot of lot of things going on, and um, I was fortunate. And um, when, when David came in, um, well, I had already given up the general managership. Yep. Because I guess I wanted to, uh, I'd gone through five years of, you know, pretty heavy stuff. And, and I guess I was just ready to, to move on. So David didn't have to fire me. I resigned, and I, I guess I remained on the board for a while. Yeah, Allard, Allard Baird took over. What do you remember about Allard? Oh, a lot. I've known Allard a long, long, long time. Um, he's a good baseball man. He has his own way of doing it. Um, he's, he's still with the Red Sox, uh, working out. Of, he lived in Florida. I know that all the time. And then for the winter, he'd go back to somewhere way in the double up east. I don't know where. Huh. How t how tough was it having to trade Kevin Apier away? That had to have been tough. He was great. Ape, he was my buddy. I, I, he spent more time in my office than any player we've ever had. Really? 
Is he is he still living out in I don't know what town it is. No, I've been there. But... He was in uh Paola and then he I think he moved yeah. to Michigan. I think he's up by you somewhere now in Michigan. Like two years ago maybe. Oh he did? Yeah, he's up there in the up up by you somewhere. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just a couple years Kevin ago. Kevin Apier. He had that he used to have a party at his place every year. Um he had about thirty, forty acres and tractors and Ape was a character. I could write a book on Ape. He's, he's, he was a good one. I love he's Kevin Ape here. Was, was there? Oh, he was a... <laughs> he just tried to um, take everything apart, and a pitch, and put it back together in a different way. No, he was a character. He, he was a good, good guy. Well, I want to ask you about a few random players that I loved for one reason or another and see if you remember any of these guys. Uh, my, you're gonna laugh at my all-time favorite major league player. Well, I looked in your in your. If those are past interviews, my God, some of those names <laughs> I hadn't heard in 35 years. Yeah, well, the one, the one, I was, <laughs> the one I was gonna ask you. Three games in the big leagues. That was a great. <laughs> did you talk to all those people? Oh yeah, all of them. 150 maybe oh. now. Oh man, you do. You're doing a good job. You really are. Thank you. Okay, so this is a name you're going to laugh at me. It's my all-time favorite major league player. His dad, you actually, you probably remember him. His dad was a scout for the Royals and coached Ned Yost. Do you remember Brad Wellman? His dad was Gene Wellman. Do you remember any of those two guys? Yeah, but I, I think Brad preceded me a little bit. He did, he did. Yeah, he did. He, I don't even know that he was playing. Yeah, I remember the name well. I, I don't remember much. Was he a second baseman or yep, something? Yep, second and shortstop. Yep. Yeah, I and I knew guy, but I, I, um, who who was his dad? Gene Gene Wellman. Yeah. Gene Gene. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he. I I don't know much. I mean, I heard his name for ten years, fifteen years, but um, I've never met him or knowing about him. Did you do you remember uh, on nine eleven? This guy was a first responder fireman. Do you remember Ray Palacios at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Ray was a good guy. He was a was he a catcher, third yep. baseman, or catcher. something yep. weird? What did he have to do with um, that situation? He's a a fireman out in uh, Rochester, New York, and a lot of his he I guess he used to work or he he started off right by Ground Zero, so he went back on that day and helped out with. And lost a lot oh, of his brothers. Oh, he was a good guy, as I remember. Yeah, funny guy. <laughs> uh, what do you remember about Kurt Stillwell? Anything? Yeah, a lot. I thought he'd be a little better player than he was. Um, we tried a lot of different things, but he didn't um, achieve. I think I'm safe in saying this. Um, I mean, what, his lifetime average probably wasn't too high, was it? No, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I just we just thought he'd be a little better ball player. We turned down a couple trade offers for him, but um, nothing that obviously we made. Um, but he was a good guy. We got him in a trade, though, didn't we? Yeah, from the Reds. Yeah, he was. And Jeff that's right. Different trade, but Jeff Montgomery came over from the Reds too for Van Snyder or Jeff Montgomery. <laughs> that was a hell of a that trade. That was before me. I remember one time um, I was working outside, which is not <clears throat> unusual, and I don't know what my position was exactly, but it, I, I didn't go to spring training, and I was cutting roses, and Jeff Montgomery came in, so I had to go look. Look him up and learn all about him. <laughs> I love it. This is a guy, you might not remember this guy, but you got him. You were GM. This was 1996 from Toronto, and he passed away tragically. He was killed in a car accident during spring training. Do you remember Kenny Robinson, the pitcher, short pitcher? No. Okay. Yeah, he was here no, for like six games or something. Uh, another guy, Randy Varis. Remember him? I remember the name. Yeah, he was good for us. Um, I, boy, I, you're quite a fan, aren't you? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to George Brett like a year ago, and I was naming off. I, I go, do you remember Matt Winters? And he's like, holy hell, you are a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Did George cooperate with you? Yeah, he was super nice. Like, couldn't have been nicer. Good. Uh, Good. 
How about Dilson Torres? Do you remember that name? Yeah, but I don't know much about him. <laughs> I love these what guys. What are these guys? Expansion players or something? I don't know. They're just these obscure guys from the 90s that I liked. <laughs> Okay. How, okay. Well, they didn't play long in the major leagues. I well, Stillwell did probably, but yeah, Stillwell had a nice. And Palacios probably got four, three or four, five years. Or yeah, I think Wellman had five. Okay, here's one you will remember. What's your favorite Bo Jackson memory or Bo Jackson story? Oh Lord, I don't know. I I I, I could write a book, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, there was, you know, the injury. I was sitting at my desk, and, and Bo scored that touchdown, and then he was, you know, he was hurt. You could tell he was hurt. And uh, we, we, there were some things that had to be done. We had to release him by a certain date, or we we're going to have to do this. And, and um, the doctors assured us, and we had a lot of our doctors, assured us that he just wouldn't be a viable player again that was tough what did you do when you were director of the or when you were on the board here after you left gm what was your role with that just consulting type thing i was burned out i i was really burned out um because you know i used to not that anybody else didn't believe me um you know i used to get home at 11 12 o'clock every night and get up and get to work by 9 30 or so and um I just wanted some time, and uh, I, I, it's not that I saw the writing on the wall, I'll get out. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't that. It was just I didn't know what I was going to do, and I talked to David about it, and I just resigned. Well, I guess my last question for you is, what would you like to say to, to Royals fans listening right now? Well, um. A lot has changed, obviously, since I left. I think it's all been for the better. I think they've seen good competitive races, teams. Um, I think David Glass was the right owner for that franchise. Um, I admire and respect the way he's gone about it. Um, He's losing right now, but he knew that was going to happen. Um, and he's just preparing for the future. I think David is a fine owner, and um, Dayton, nothing I can say about him that isn't outstanding. John Sherholtz told me many, many years ago that Dayton would be an a excellent, excellent general manager. I said, would he be as good as you? And he said he might be better. So, um it sounds like things are working out well there, and um, they'll, they're going to do just fine. Well, I just want to say I have really enjoyed talking to you and you. Well, same here. I've learned a lot. I haven't, I haven't talked to a writer in Kansas City and Lord knows how long. Um, so it, it was fun to do, and I enjoyed it. I talked too much, but... <laughs> You can cut out half of it. I guess still Okay, take care of yourself, and thank you, and nice to talk to you, and hope to talk to you later sometime. Absolutely. Sounds good. Take care, Herc. Thank you. Bye.